It's Google syndrome. I've trademarked Absolutely. it. We've, That's we've, my term. We've, we've talked about right? it before. Like, Absolutely. People want you, things you, instantly and you can't do it. And and I and I will say, process. Steve, it's been a transition for me at times yeah. and some of our department heads to a new a new world mm-hmm. at which at which sometimes we can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass area dial, FM dial at 102.9, here today for a Talk Franklin episode, Town Administrator Jamie Helen. Jamie, how are you doing this Thursday? Fantastic, Steve. A little, a little bleary-eyed after a long night eh, last night. A long <laughs> night. And we've got somebody almost as bleary-eyed, but she's also got birthday eyes. Happy birthday, Alicia. Oh, thank you. <laughs> She's still young and spry, Steve, not like us. You know, we wake up with the crust in our (laughs) eyes. She just pops right out of bed at at a uh, spry and young 28 years old. Happy birthday, Alicia. I might have had four shots of espresso this morning, but that's besides the point. (laughs) (laughs) Was that in there? Yeah, we won't go there. (laughs) Preparing for the inevitable of all of us and and the caffeine that we need every morning. She's starting young and getting used to it. It's good. Yep. The other piece, while we do reference from time to time, and I know you've got some musical interests, today is also John Lennon's anniversary. So the one other piece that we kind of talked to and around his song, Imagine. Yeah. You know, we can hope for things that people will join eventually and we'll get to a better world. And that's what we're trying to do and having these conversations, right? Has there ever been a better song written in the history of music? Um, it's pretty I'd tough. Be, yeah. Gambler's yeah. pretty good. There's a few others out there. I know that, you know, maybe some of the young ones might want to put up, uh, you know, Harry Styles or Taylor Swift, but really none of that compares to uh, Imagine. How many years has it been? Was it 1982, 1981, right? Something like that. Yeah. It was 81, 82. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, the Beatles still live. Yeah. For good reason. Definitely. So, in getting into the Talk Franklin piece, I mean, we could talk music, and maybe music may come back along the way, but in recapping, uh, Community Preservation Committee met earlier this week, and he gave yeah. some project updates. Well, I can give a little bit of a preview, actually, because now I can legally say it, um, but uh, executive session this week, and there'll be a resolution on next week's council meeting on the 14th, with a bit of, bit of a preview that um, there's some acreage and land next to Schmidt Farm that after the purchase of the um, after the purchase of the 113 acres and when that went through, um, there was a I think one of Lily's newsletters went out um, just kind of with a blurb on it. Uh-huh. And uh, fortunately, a retired couple who owns land over there who is in New Hampshire um, called us a couple days later and and is offering us the property next to Schmidt Farm up on the Ooh. hill um, at a uh, incredibly great price, and um, and it's clear that uh, that family goes back many many generations in Franklin, and um, their kids grew up here, went to Franklin schools, but they now all live in Arizona, coincidentally, and um, and so we're very uh, happy with the Dalzell family, Kathy uh, Dalzell and her husband. Um, have graciously offered to uh, to sell us that land uh, as a community. And so um, all those executive sessions recently were 
all to deal with that. And so this mm-hmm. is actually a deal that we've probably put together within the, you know, in my spare time <laughs> in, in the last, time, yes. um, maybe the last four, four weeks, four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Four yeah. or five weeks. Um, since the initial email, which, you know, was the people were away and stuff and right. But it's an additional 17 acres. Um, it connects with the water tower, uh, property that the town owns oh, and yeah. will basically be um, connected to uh, Schmidt and the town owned land that's up there, mm-hmm. um, which also ironically, if the council fully approves this uh, next week, which I anticipate they will. Um, uh, the amazing thing is um, that will officially hit um, 200 acres of uh, wide open, open space that have been purchased under CPA in the last year and a half. Amazing. Um, I don't think the town has ever preserved 200 acres combined in its history. Um, And so to be here after a year and a half to, to, to talk about these two of the probably four or five largest parcels left in town and to have kind of like almost a, it's like a karma thing, Steve, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. just like all of a sudden a good thing happens. And then the neighbors are like, my family always wanted that to be, uh, open space. They say you can see Boston on the clearest of clear skies. Yeah, from the hill. I'm going to question that because the trees are really in the way. But well, they could um, at one know, point because the trees weren't as big. The trees weren't as big, and maybe you know who knows. Maybe there's a tower project in the future. You know, viewing tower. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Won't be my decisions to make. Um, no. that'll be way down the road. But um, pretty exciting stuff. And so CPC was uh, gracious to um, approve that. Uh, uh, on Tuesday, um, in addition to some other financials, we gave a first financial report um, of the trust funds, and there's a couple errors on there, and and um, you know it's kind of still a little rusty because it was the first kind of financial report we're going to give. We'll give another one in January at the public hearing, mm-hmm. uh, which is a cheap plug for the January 17th um, CPC public hearing. Yes, uh, for any project ideas out there. And so one hearing this year is supposed to last year. You did two. We're only required to do one last year, did two, just because right. it was the first opportunity. I think it worked because people came to both last year. Well, I mean, pickleballs um, clearly got heard. Yeah. <laughs> and as you revealed in the draft, there are more pickleball courts on that plan. So we had a, I had a YMCA meeting this meeting and pickleball came up. And I'm wondering, they did a poll of the room. Alicia, have you ever played pickleball? I have not. Steve, have you played pickleball? No. Yeah. I mean, I played it once uh, at the YMCA that I go to. Um, it was amazing. Very few people raised their hands, but everybody in the room acknowledges how big uh, pickleball is. So, um, so CPC was a good little short meeting, um, mm-hmm. and um, obviously the big big news um, in between both that and finance committee was going to executive session. The reason why, just so the public knows, why it was an executive session was the purchase and sale had not been signed by the owner until after all these meetings were posted. And okay. so um, right. the purchase and sale came in yesterday. Um, and so uh, now I can, according to the town attorney, I can formally say that this will be in the packet tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It'll be out there anyways. Right. And um, right. for those folks that may listen to this and know the Dalzell family, um, you know, hopefully that brings a lot of uh, joy as well. A great mm-hmm. couple that's lived in Franklin for all of their life. And, um, you know, it's an incredible offer that they've uh, offered the town. And I think that also speaks to some of the topics we've had from time to time, including 
prior to this in terms of what does this podcast mean to the community? Well, we have some conversations and then it spawns some ideas and then we have some mm -hmm. other ideas and some of them we intend. Some of those people just pick up and then say, well, can we do this? Can we do that? That That is value right there. My colleagues always ask people like Alicia and I, when we go to managers meetings or MMA meetings, like, how do you not have anybody show up at a budget meeting? And I, I tell people all the time, one, I think people are actually happy. <laughs> God forbid mm -hmm. I say that, but I think people are happy. And I also think people are in tune and checking in more than we think. Um, the amount of comments I get from the amount of people watching the meetings right. live, right. Um, catching them now on YouTube, listening to the podcasts, Lily's incredible newsletter, which from Amory to Lily never even dropped like an iota of the of the um, mm -hmm. of the impact of that newsletter. Right. Um, social media, I think, is almost like below all of about yeah. how people find out their information. But I right. think people are really, really well in tuned uh, in Franklin. And I think that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, people just call us and ask their questions. And we get back to them. They don't have Absolutely. to show up at meetings and stuff. No. And I agree. And with it, it's interesting because Chloe, we can tell via zoom and YouTube, the numbers of people watching, et cetera. Unfortunately, cable, we can't always tell how many are there, right. you know, live stream. You can tell how many are on the live stream, but the cable broadcasts, you know, that's a black hole. So there may very well be a whole bunch of folks tapping in all the time. And do they stay there the entire thing? Maybe not. I've heard some people just kind of have it in the background. And then if they hear something, then they'll start paying attention, et cetera, which that can work too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, a couple of good meetings. Indeed. And then FinCom, of course, um, <laughs> a couple of financial pieces in there, but then the deep dive into the school budget. The now uh, hopefully be soon uh, like world famous, uh, the Honorable Bill Dow deep dive series, uh, mm -hmm. you know, which is fun um, after Bill's efforts as a finance committee member to have the deep dive series. But uh, last night was the school department. I think you're going to see that. It was last year as well. I think every December you're probably going to see that. It's kind of the right time for them, right time for us. And um, I agreed with the with Chair Conley Um that was one of the best meetings I've attended in my now concluding this week, seven years in Franklin. Congrats. Lucky um, seven. Yeah. Lucky seven. Uh, now we're on to, is it unlucky eight? Uh oh, um, no, no, no. There's no, there's no unluck. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, um, you know, I think, um, you know, I know that there's, you know, some, some disagreements that people may have on, on, um, you know, school policy, school funding, um, in a variety of policy related issues. And, um, and I hope people take that as that's constructive. This isn't about insults or, you know, disagreements and whatnot. It's really about the fact that um, there's a huge challenge going on at the school department right now in terms of finances. Um, the enrollment has plummeted and it continues to plummet an average of about 110 to 120 children a year. Uh, projections show that's gonna continue. For a couple the growth of years. boom between 1980 and 2010 clearly set the town up to build a whole series of new schools. Mm -hmm. And those schools are way more adequate for children today and tomorrow. The campus schools are clearly just simply more adequate for a modern day education. Mm -hmm. um, we can try to wordsmith it all we want, but that's just what it is. Right. And so like the city of Boston, we heard a weird, you know, strange comparables in terms of mm. enrollment decline. Um, too much facility for too few students, 
Um, there's major demographic changes happening in town as well as in Boston. And oh, by the way, we are the two highest hold harmless um, communities in the state. And for the average resident, what does that mean? Well, it means we were paid way more state aid during those big boom building years because of the formula. And now that we've settled into a upper middle class uh, community, um, those revenues have flatlined from the state. It's just the way the state formula works. The more affluent your community gets, the less state aid you get. And so as a result, um, we're paying as a district about $9 million more than what the, the state is requiring us. But what they do is, as a part of the law, if you have significant declining enrollment, they don't penalize you for that. And so for the hold harmless, quote unquote, mm-hmm. your state aid numbers so that you don't lose $9 million in a year. And therefore, you have to have widespread big decisions. Right. I think the 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 downside of that, again, not from a state perspective, maybe, but a local perspective, and the city of Boston and other districts are seeing it, like Bill Ricca and Braintree and some others, mm-hmm. is when you do have these huge spikes for, for 30 years or 20 years, and then you come down, the uh, the hiking analogy works. Some people love hiking up to the top of the mountain, and some people really like coming down the mountain. Mm-hmm. People hate walking down the mountain, right? And this is a case where, with with all respect to the school department, the school committee, and the school community, you know, discussing closures of schools, discussing ending programs, discussing new models, discussing um, things that we may or may not need anymore, may may not do, are ser- are truly and authentically one of the most difficult decisions any city or town makes. And um, neighborhood schools are a part of the fabric of those neighborhoods. They're a social center as much as they are an educational facility. And if anyone just reads the newspaper in Boston, you can see that that's what Mayor Wu and the city of Boston is struggling with as well. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of fear and anxiety at the level Therefore, the politics generally get a little paralyzed mm-hmm. and inaction becomes the the status quo. And yeah. I think last night's discussion um, was honestly one of the best meetings. I thought George Conley uh, really summed it up well at the end. It was one of the most authentically deep-dived conversations that we've ever had in seven years in Franklin. And um, Miriam uh, Goodman, as always, did an unbelievable job laying out as short and as succinctly as you can, the financial demographics and dynamics schools right now. And obviously you heard from the finance committee and, you know, a couple times myself when I was asked, uh, fortunately I didn't really talk too long last night or have to, thank goodness. But, um, you know, I think there's some big decisions that are coming up and there's some, some tense debates that are going to happen about not really how much money the schools have, but how they use it. I thought Nicole Corbacero last night, um, said something that was, um, I think, what I hear a lot, and I know for a fact the counselors hear a lot. Um, and she really uh, drilled it uh, really well, which was simply, I am more than happy as a parent with a uh, first grader and an incoming kindergartner. I am more than happy to entertain a short-term um, a swallowing of the pill mm-hmm. to reroute where my kids are going to school for the concession that at least when my child's get to fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth grade in high school, right. those other investments that are going to be critical to their success are a part of that program. And I think those are really, really challenging debates. And, um, and, uh, and I think that, um, you know, the deep dive that happened last night, I thought was, uh, needed. I thought it was, um, uh, I thought it was cordial. I thought it was respectful. I thought it was mm-hmm. constructive. 
Um, and it really was one of the, you know, I didn't really one of the best meetings I think we've had. You probably agreed too, Steve. Yeah, you I watch more meetings than you and I do. No, and <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And I think to the extent that as much as the deep dive it was, it probably would have taken another hour or two had the the other answers been ready to prepare and share. So yeah. putting that aside, yeah, I think they covered as much as they could in the time there. I'm certainly in that fortunate position where I attend as many as meetings as I do, particularly on the FinCon, mm -hmm. Town Council, School Committee, and then the subcommittees. So I see the story. And yeah, the real question Franklin is going to have to ask, and this is one thing I've been struggling with the school committee, frankly, and we're making some progress at Lucas now. So that he his first podcast is out. We've got another series coming. Um, but the schools are going to really have to look at, do we spend money on an underused building or do we take that money and better use it in some other educational program, including potentially some of the ones that have been cut over the years because of all the budget crunches we've had? It's unsustainable and we need to do something, but bring in the community along respectfully. And I think to Lucas's credit in both the podcast episode and he reiterated it last night as well, and that's one of the reasons for the hesitancy on Chair Spencer, oh, her Spencer, hesitancy yeah. in committing. They mm. don't want to say they're not going to use the report. They are going to use the report, but they can't say the, how they're going to use the report. The data level certainly is there, as I understand it, but they can't commit to some of the assumptions because clearly the report was designed and re mm -hmm. reported on for a particular answer of a question a couple of years ago. And the things have changed. COVID has hit. There's more things going on. ECDC was left out of that study. Mm -hmm. Other things are happening. So they truly want to give it a fresh start. And that's going to be the real challenge to bring 50 people along on the data journey to tell the story. Okay, what is the future of delivering that portrait of a graduate? It's I'm gonna a great point. Them. I think on that's the first hand, if I were in, if I... For the record, if I were on in her seat and uh, the superintendent Gears, uh, I would have said exactly the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. oh, All absolutely. the process, yes. we have to outline it. Right. We have to take it step by step. What's not the on the flip side, Natalie, you know, member Riley on the finance committee, from a conceptual standpoint, pointed it out and said, "Well, why are we paying money for studies, not using them two years later? Is this going to be a habitual, you know, policy where we're spending money to update things to essentially get the same trends?" Yeah. The study that was done with Castle Booze did not include, you know, related COVID material. But I'm sorry to break the news to everybody. COVID is is gone. The six feet social distancing in classrooms and all this different stuff, you know, is is in all likelihood not coming back. And and at some point, um, I think what some of the members said on the finance committee, which I didn't expect, but it makes a lot of sense, is you know, because they're parents, they see the day-to-day -day of what goes on mm -hmm. and they understand that they're now in a position in a competitive world where we just got even more competitive in the last few years and it's even more cutthroat. They know that this is their shot. And mm -hmm. I think the, the deliberative process and the lack of decisions, mm -hmm. the inaction is what's gaining people to have anxiety because they don't know what the future holds. No. It's Google syndrome. I've trademarked Absolutely. it. We've, That's we've, my term. We've, we've talked about right? it before. Like, Absolutely. People want you, things you, instantly and you can't do it. 
And and I and I will say, process. Steve, it's been a transition for me at times yeah. and some of our department heads to a new a new world mm-hmm. at which at which sometimes we can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Right. Data is only going to tell us so much. Right. If we're sensitive to feelings and we're talking about people's emotions too, like we are with children and adults, we have to acknowledge that there's a good, healthy reason why parents are anxious about their children's opportunities. And I think what we're seeing is is a um, at, at times I think there's a feeling out there that we're just going to deliberate these things to death, and that there's really not any paradigm shifts happening. And you know, it was I didn't get into this business wanting stormwater on my plate, right? Um, I didn't get into this business with a lot of other things that are in front of me. But the truth is, is they're realities, and people yeah. are frenetic about this stuff. Sure. And you need to, I think. You know, go in and 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 you watch all the council meetings and just, you know, we can't always consensus driven, data driven everything. It just doesn't work. People have to make decisive, strong decisions, live with them mm-hmm. and move on. And I thought that they, you know, from a lot, and I hear this from a lot of parents, but it was great to hear from, you know, the finance committee members is they see that urgency in their own lives. Mm-hmm. Right. They see that urgency. Why are we spending twenty five thousand dollars on another study in that mother's mind? She's going, why aren't they taking kids on field trips instead of having. In, but no, we have yeah. to do another study. So. So on the one hand, I would have done exactly the same thing in respect Chair Spencer and Superintendent Gear and the fact that they they really can't get ahead of the committee process. But I thought one of the things that was in their credit last night, if you notice, the redistricting process on the results had been moved up way faster than what was originally thought of, right? So we're going to be able to see come spring, what does this, what what are we hearing? Mm-hmm. And what are right. those things? Yeah. So that hopefully those decisions for next calendar year, right, school year, maybe some of those decisions have to be made quickly and more abruptly. And I'm not talking just about, by the way, just about school facilities. I'm talking about programs. I'm talking about oh, departments. Yeah. I'm talking for about sure. staffing. It came up last night too. Yep. Are you ever going to be able to hire these positions ever again? And if not, how are we allocate reallocating those resources mm-hmm. to a place that matters to the parents that are have their kids yeah. in first and second grade now? Yeah. So those are decisive things that the professional staff, in my opinion, have to put forward. They are the ones like like my team. I don't know the first thing about policing. I just know I have the best. We have the best police chief in Massachusetts. I don't right. know everything that Brutus talks about. He can talk my head off too sometimes, <laughs> but I damn well know. But I, <laughs> but I damn well know the guy knows his stuff as well as anyone in Massachusetts. Certainly, I rely on him and the professional team to do that. Right. Um, I know we have extraordinarily talented people here in the school district too. They are more than capable of making these decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think what you heard last night was almost a. Um, you know, kind of uh, turn everything upside down 100 degrees. It's almost like zero-based budgeting, right? Well, it, like- it's zero-based budgeting, but I think that it should have been better to rephrase it as as I understand it. And again, it's, it's my understanding, but I've had these meetings and the, I've spent the time. They're not throwing away the prior one. They're only adding right. the additional piece to add to the existing report so it is more usable today. So it's not a new report. It's an addition to the report. And if I think that had been phrased, it's a different situation, but you know, yeah. hindsight, that's what it is. Yeah. We're going to go forward. So yeah. yeah. But I, I hope everybody that listens to this, um, I know it's a couple hours, but um, you know, it really was one of the most um, um, 
dense conversations and public debates I've seen in Franklin in my seven years. And if you're mm -hmm. interested in school finance, if you're a parent out there listening, you should really go spend the two hours to uh, go back and watch the tape, listen to it on Franklin Matters, go to Franklin TV, watch it on YouTube. Um, it's a it's a phenomenal exercise and really um, highlighting, I think, the the main issues facing the district. Shifting to council previews, you started teasing that up as to what's coming, but I think Alicia's got some license renewals in there as well. Yes, that's true. Um, all of our license renewals will be done by December 30th, but on the uh, 14th, uh, December 14th meeting, we'll, uh, the council will, in theory, check off everybody's alcohol renewals for the year. Um, so that's always a positive thing right in time for the new year, uh, getting those all squared away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's always with the assumption that they will indeed have finished whatever the checklists are, put the money yes. in the check, do this, do that, close out all that. And then mm -hmm. the license will be released. Yes. Yeah. We always hold them, but you know, you know, we know, you know, they get approved and sometimes people worry, oh, why are they going to stay open? Or what's that? Usually, there's mm -hmm. still a, a, what, at least maybe 10, 15%, 20% still come in usually the week of the holidays the and week. kind of, right. yeah. 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 But I think uh, this has been a record good year. So everybody's, everybody's in, not necessarily paid for, but uh, <laughs> everybody's, in. <laughs> everybody's in. So yeah. they're at least in the system. And we're looking really good. And then quickly before we close out, but in efforts of getting to a close out, I know one of our prior episodes, you were saying that you were happy that the police department was doing this, fire department was doing this around, I think it was uh, a Halloween, et cetera. They're going through this uh, renewal, if you will, around the Christmas celebration. So Polar Express, Toy Drive. Almost all of your departments are doing something culminating with the one that people by the time they hear this, can at least take part of in the Winter Wonderland at the Senior Center on Thursday the 15th. It's almost, I can't keep up. You didn't even I mention the library. You didn't even mention the library. I well, got to yeah, imagine Felicia's got a packed house uh, down there too. Yeah, I mean, I think it just shows how just innovative and engaged and uh, the staff is and how well everybody works together. You know I mean? I joked with the offline. I didn't even know about the fire department hosting a movie night. Uh, I mean, Jim McLaughlin, Chief McLaughlin's down there uh, recruiting uh, kids at, at the youngest age to become future firefighters Might like uh, well. Nick Starting Rousseau, young. right? And <laughs> Victoria McVicker and all them folks that were high school kids that are now becoming police and fire officers. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And um, you know, obviously, uh, I'm sure Ryan has a whole uh, program, too, down at the rec department. Yeah, there's something for everybody all around and, all stay, and right. stay tuned to both the cultural district page on the town page and the community calendar on my page and there's there we're finding out things all the time <laughs> so the calendar is getting updated on a regular basis so. maybe we'll all take a break in january <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a deep breath and say oh this is 2023 what are we going to get into here <laughs> Well, being mindful of your time, thank you for taking time to talk Franklin today. And Alicia, thank you as well. Thank you so much for having me. We'll Thanks, be back Steve. in a couple of weeks. That's and good. Folks, Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah. Yes. Happy holidays. And we'll have another wish because we'll be closer to the holidays in two weeks. And for the listeners, 
thank you as well. And we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.